I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to another edition of Bring on the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson. Hope that everybody had a good weekend except for Rico Jeffers. Still can't forgive him for that hit that... He put on Skylar Thompson, but uh, Ty is here with us today. Ty, how you doing? Better than Skylar Thompson, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. And our guest this week, uh, happy to have Nick Lecky back. Nick, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Like I said earlier, when we were kind of talking off air, I didn't drink as much bourbon during the day uh, now that KJ <laughs> wasn't on. So when you asked me to come on, I was like trying to look through my notes and I'm like, oh crap, I don't have any notes for K-State football because it's all just... <laughs> Like I, I honestly, I, I spent, I don't know how you guys do it, but my setup is usually a kid sports willing. I'll be at the house watching K-State because I can't watch it from a bar. I, I couldn't watch no, it with no. a bunch of people. <laughs> no. like, I, I'm like standing the whole game and drinking and it's just, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell we did before Twitter and college football, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely got to have the Twitter up because you're watching for sure. And football and baseball, like the perfect <laughs> Twitter sports, right? Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, because you get a little break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Totally agree. Well, we wanted to start kind of the topic that honestly we've been starting almost all these podcasts with. uh, Because 2020 is, you know, the the COVID restrictions. Obviously, you know, hit K State pretty hard. um, But you know, so Nick, just as a former player, you know, what what do you think that does to a team? Not just you know, what they're going through now, but, you know, missing all of spring too and the chance that the practice over the summer, I mean, how much do you think that that affects the team and gets readiness to play? So I, I think, I mean, just speaking like bluntly, uh, I would have been happy to miss spring ball. Like I absolutely, absolutely <laughs> hated spring ball. <laughs> I know we talk about it like it's a necessary evil, but it was just miserable because I don't know what, what the term is, but it's like, you know, banging a, a tennis ball against a wall with no reward. <laughs> you just constantly, you know, you're, 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 you're smashing each other. Uh, there's no games, you know, it's just, it's just silliness. And, but from a coach's standpoint and from a fan standpoint, I think it's necessary just to kind of see as far as talent evaluation goes and to see where pieces fit and just to kind of install certain plays, get people comfortable with the offense, you know, get extra reps. So, yeah, so I, th- I think everyone's in the same boat with that regard. So pretty much everyone missed it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a, a non-issue, I guess, as, yeah. as far as, you know, one team has an advantage over other team and, and so forth. Sure. Well, what do you think about, like, once we get into, you know, these practices, they're limited in their contact and that sort of stuff. Is it, does that affect certain position groups more than others? Like, I mean, on the line where those guys are all about contact, does that hurt them more, do you think? Or? I think it does. I think just, I think you're just getting those good reps and just getting, like, with, with, with O-linemen, you need to be you know, all five together on the same page, and you kind of got to have a feel for for the person next to you. My junior year, I was left guard, and I played next to Thomas Barnett, and he was like a sixth, seventh-year senior. Uh, I love Thomas, or TB as we called him, or sit sick with it. He was awesome. <laughs> he was an OG. Uh, him and I, we roomed together on the road, so we kind of were lockstep with each other where we had calls where we wouldn't 
say like tag or, or duo or tandem or this stuff, we'd like go woo woo or like like that. Like we, you know, we, we could speak in like that. And it was really cool, like communication. So as an old lineman, you know, you do miss those reps. Whereas if you're a skinny guy, you can do seven on seven all day and, and stay in rhythm with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, we're kind of seeing that, right? College NFL, the, the scoring's way up this year. And you know, I wonder if that's because some of the physicality is missing from practices. It's got to be. It really does. I, I I heard a stupid term. Some coach said that you get your body calloused, like when you practice. I don't I don't buy into that necessarily. Like you don't get your body calloused, or you don't get. Uh, you just get like the the motions and the exercise and the weight. But it's just like I said before, man. It's just it's certain things in practice that you can do full speed that you can never replicate in a game. So yeah. just more games you play, the the, the better you're going to get. But then you also break down your body. So it's a point of uh, diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. And so then kind of along those lines, and I, uh, Ty and I have talked about this a little bit in case they had a lot of guys missing too because of COVID or whatever from the Arkansas State game. But, you know, I, I, I don't know that you want to completely give them a pass for that loss because it's, you know, it's still – but at the same time it was – you know, the first week for Kansas State, missing a lot of guys. Arkansas State was missing a lot of guys, but they'd also played the week before. You know, do you look at that loss? How, how much, how differently do you look at it because of the circumstances? I think one, right, you got Arkansas State coming off a, a, a road. They, they played a tough Memphis team at Memphis, and then they came into K-State, you know, kind of full throttle. And I think K-State losing their center on the first play really screwed up everything because sure. it's tough. as If you're a backup – you study the plays, but you're not fully ready like in college, right? Just because, you know, you don't ever think about it and you're kind of immature. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you try to be as much as you can, but it's just tough and not getting all those one reps. And Arkansas State was running an odd look. So, like, literally, it's like a, like where there's like a head-up nose and like two, like mm-hmm. three D line in total. So that's funky with protections. And if you, if you don't know those, then you're going to get burned. And we saw the – I mean, Skyler was getting beat up. Um, you know, with those. And it's just one of those things where it's really tough to pick up. Like it took me like until my second year of the NFL to know how to read an odd front and to call the protections. So once that happened and I saw they run an odd look, I go, this is not going to be good for us today. And I just chalked up that <laughs> Arkansas State to non-conference wake up call and 2020, right? Just ch- yeah. chalk it up, put another, put another notch in 2020's ledger in the victory column for 2020, just kicking everyone's butt. Yeah, for sure. What What do you think, Ty? I mean, how do you how do look at that? Yeah, I, I, I pick up on your wake up call comment there, Nick. That's the one that I, I look at because, you know, K-State got it. And I for, I've forgotten what the scores were, but, you know, they were up, you know, at least 10 at some point in the first half and maybe a couple of touchdowns. So, you know, they were, they were up, a, you know, a couple of scores and they had the block punt early and, you know, it, it kind of, it was one of those games where in the middle of the second quarter, you thought, all right, this is going to be one of those 38 to 17 type of wins. You know, we're, we're going to cruise and be ahead pretty easily. And it was, it felt a little bit like that West Virginia game last year in Manhattan where they scored on that, you know, 60 yard pass earlier or whatever. And then they just fell apart the rest of the game. Like, 
I think that they occasionally have a little bit of difficulty with early success like that, and they seem to lose focus a little bit and don't keep their foot down. So I, I agree. I hope it is. I hope it was kind of a wake-up call. I, I agree with all that you said, Nick, too. And then I'll add, you know, they had they had the perfect wide receiver to take advantage of K-State secondary, and you know, along with the O-line, the secondary was pretty beat up and depleted by the end of that game. So you know, when you've got a whatever he was, 6'4", 210 wide receiver who can just go out and bully guys that he's five inches taller than or six inches taller than and outweighs by 30 or 40 pounds. I mean, that's that's tough. And, you know, and credit to their coach, he kept picking at that scab over and over again. Like, he, he, didn't, he didn't get fancy and try to outsmart himself. He was just like, you know, we have a huge advantage here and we're just going to keep picking at it. So, yeah, Luke, I don't, I'm not going to give him a pass. I'm not going to just write that one off completely. But it did seem to wake them up, and they are playing well. Uh, you know, they showed a lot of resilience against Oklahoma being down three scores in the second half. That'd be real easy to fold your tent up and go home. Uh, it, it was nice yeah. of Oklahoma to play some of the some of the worst secondary defense I've ever seen at the college level. But, but, but again, credit to them for taking advantage of it. So, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, you can't not like where the season is going, even if that you have that big blemish right on the first week. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ty, is there anything else you wanted to address as far as COVID and kind of how that's affected this season? No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like Nick's input because, you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, once I, when I uh, quit playing basketball after my freshman year of high school, I really wasn't playing <laughs> any, I, I really wasn't playing any, any true team sports at that point. I mean, I ran cross country, which is quote unquote a team sport, and I played golf, which is quote unquote a team sport. So like, you know, it was, it was all about what I was doing. You know, I didn't have to worry yeah. about, you know, which teammates were going to be available to play and all that. Like, I, I like Nick's comment, you know, it's the same for everybody. And like right. one of the toughest mentalities for me is, as a golfer when I was a kid was getting over the, you know, like, re- like bad weather days, you know, windy days and rainy days and things like that. But you just have to realize that it's the same for everybody and everybody's dealing with the same elements. So if you get you, you know, if you figure out how to best handle it for yourself, you know, and then you're going to have an advantage on the guys who can't get through that. I just, I feel like the biggest issue for me would just be the, all the uncertainty, right? From week to week, like, you know, yeah. things are changing and you're never sure about what's going on, but you know, there are obviously a whole lot of people who are way more mentally tough than me who are just like, well, you know, <laughs> I just got to show up every day and do my job. So <laughs> That's true. Well, and I think it's true as as a college athlete as well, too. I mean, it brings normalcy once you have, you know, football in place and, you know, you're under the restrictions. I mean, you're handled. Uh, Everything is taken care of for you, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, you know, training at at the facility, you know, all your workouts and, you know, your, your, your practices and film watching, it's all right there for you. And it's, it's all set up. So I, I was early on when they stopped practicing, I was like, that's silly. I mean, they're already practicing. It seems like, you know, they're doing the rapid testing and it's like, you just keep, keep doing that, you know? And it just, it's weird, but it really, it has brought back like, uh, I get the escapism this year, finally for people uh, with sports, because I, I've experienced it as well, where it's like, you kind of, you know, you get lost in the game, right? Where it's yeah. like, it's a silly game, but Jesus Christ, I, I yell a lot and get emotional and <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, right. And it, it's fun, man. And yeah, I, I thought it was kind of hokey when people said that, but it's real. I mean, you guys feel the same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to yell and scream and get kind of agitated about things that, you know, ultimately don't really matter that much, Correct. which is a huge, Correct. a huge right. escape Correct. from 
from what we've been dealing with. I did want to add, I forgot to throw this in, and I, I, I can't miss it, and I can't miss a chance to dig on these guys, but um, <laughs> I, I feel like the most disappointing aspect of, uh, you know, what seems a little bit different this year uh, is the kickers. Like, how the hell are you not making sense <laughs> if you're a kicker? That's you a damn good point. Person, you, you're the only person who could have practiced the entire time. <laughs> Nobody around you. You can just show up at the facility and kick for eight hours a day. How are you missing kicks right now? God, that, is, that's, that is that's unacceptable. A, that's the content yeah. that, that brings people to this platform, man. <laughs> no yeah. one, thank you, because I thought that was my role is to be a, a, a hater <laughs> and sneak this on kickers, but you're absolutely right, man. Those bastards have been social distancing since forever. How did they escape this distance. shit? Right? Yeah. That's it, man. Totally. Like, God, I remember, I remember the, it was Garrett Hartley in New Orleans. He was our kicker. And that dude was so good at Guitar Hero and golf because he had nothing to <laughs> Like, okay, hey, what's the plan? Oh, like, I'm going to lick my thumb, see where the wind's blowing, look at the flags on the goalpost, and, and aim at the right one, right? Come on. Man, I, <laughs> I, feel, like, I, I feel like whenever the uh, analytics nerds get around to figuring out the kicking game, the first guy who adopts that, is, it's going to be over for everyone else. Like, they're, they're going to be the best punter, the best kicker ever. Like yeah, Rusty, you're you're what? Because you couldn't you couldn't set up the 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 ball on that thing that literally holds it for you and kick through stationary <laughs> thing outdoors. You're right. No no excuse whatsoever. I mean, Ty, you need to you need to put yeah. this on social media. You need to. <laughs> I'll, I'll make I'll make sure that when uh, when the tweet goes out with it, I will definitely throw that out there for you yeah. guys to you have to, you. to spread around. <laughs> It, it, yeah. it, it'll spread around quicker than COVID-19 yeah. at, at a fraternity, right? <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, just one final thought. We got to make sure you don't get too into it. I don't know if you guys heard on that. There's a Tennessee radio show where a guy called in. He said he got so mad at Tennessee yesterday. He threw a beer bottle through the window and his wife left him. <laughs> he, no he said, way. He said, Tennessee football did this. It wasn't me. Wow. <laughs> So, Luke, that sounds like the next Jason Isbell song. Oh, goodness, yeah. <laughs> Except it'd be we like gotta, a uh, O'Doul's or something like that, right? We yeah. g- we got to make sure that Jason sees that because that I that that's got to be on his next album. Yeah. Chris Stapleton yeah. too could be Chris Stapleton. Yeah, you know, Chris Stapleton. Could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we got to get one of those sad bastard country music artists to sing that song. <laughs> like that. sad bastard country is my favorite country, by the way. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing more than what I picture sitting in like a bar in some just crap hole area and just drowning <laughs> your sorrows like at 9 a.m. Because <laughs> you're just broken. Right? Oh, I hear you, man. Uh, yeah, well, to get us back on track a little bit. Uh... <laughs> Luke, Luke, you want to get back on track? <laughs> I thought we were on track. <laughs> Well, there's rails. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. this is what you get when you have me on the podcast. (laughs) But but Nick, we were talking about the offensive line, and you know, especially at center, and we saw the issues of it. But they really turned it around and really quickly, kind of the following week, and and since then, you know, a little shaky against TCU at times. But for the most part, I mean, a group with not a lot of experience coming into the season has really done well so other than just you know gaining that experience what do you think have they done to improve well I think I think Connor Riley does such a good job of managing his his O-line room and you know figuring out where the talent is 
and working with those players. You know, I think the job he's done with Leviston has been been fantastic. You know, just bringing him into the fold. It's been re- really good team. I mean, obviously he struggled at times, but I mean, being a true freshman, it's you know, and starting, you know, it's it's difficult. And you know, coming from from high school, there's a lot you have to learn. You know, there, there's a new barrier, but it's it's an easy step for him. And and I just love the way they're playing. And I think it helps when you have a guy like like Deuce Vaughn and Harry Trotter back there too. And Jackson Maine, you know, these guys are, are really, really, really complement this whole line well. Yeah. Well, I was wondering that because an offensive lineman with those two guys, obviously very different runners. You know, Harry's gonna go, he's gonna go, try to hit that hole really hard and uh, just as quick as he can. And then Deuce is maybe a little more patient and definitely more shifty. You know, does that change the way you approach as a blocker at all? No, and I think it just it changes your margin of error where it's like I think sometimes when you, when you have a guy who is going to hit the hole at full full throttle, you know you can sort of uh, fire off just a little bit more and you know that you don't have to hold your block as long because that guy you're going to you're going to hit your block and then your running back's he's you know coming through that hole. So it changes it up just slightly, but sometimes you know you don't get tied into packages and formations because you're in no matter what. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if it's Deuce or you don't know if it's, if it's Harry or what. So it really, it doesn't really affect it in the end, I guess, because you don't know who's there. Like, and if you see in a huddle, like, okay, you know, they're both in. I don't know who's getting the ball. But if you see just Deuce and you're like, okay, I, I know what's going on. Yeah. And, and most so, of the time, you're right. You're just living this dumb world where you're just like, <laughs> don't care who's, who's, who's back there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so obviously, I mean, Deuce has been pretty special so far especially for a true freshman, I have to ask, you know, what do you think of the Darren Sproles comparisons that he's getting inevitably as, as a little guy? I think it's accurate. You know, I think, I think he, he runs with confidence. Like you don't have to tell me what Deuce Vaughn runs in a 40 because he runs fast <laughs> on the field. You know, I've known guys who are, you know, four, four, 40 guys, but are scared and timid and don't know the playbook. So they're limited, essentially. They're uh, restrictor plate racing, right? They're only going at 75%. <laughs> So that's why Deuce is so fast because he's just he's got the confidence to run fast and he knows the playbook. Yeah, and he's been so good in in the passing game too. It's so nice to have a guy that can catch the ball out in the flat and and make some guys miss like that, like he does. Oh yeah, Skylar Skylar utilized him very well. You know, I think Will Will is going to figure it out for sure. He's got a lot of things coming in his head, but and plus, I think if you're Deuce, then you know you kind of look at a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where it's like, okay, I need to be versatile. And the next uh, attribute that that scouts look for in collegiate running backs is, you know, every, great, you can run, great, you're fast. You know, can you pick up a block and pass pro? Can you catch a pass? You know, those are the important factors that that running backs are, are graded on nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> you mean in the pros, you don't want your $100 million quarterback getting lit up on a blitz because your <laughs> running back can't figure out where it's coming from? It's weird, right? You know, it's weird. <laughs> analytics, it's analytics. It's like it's a business, Nick. <laughs> I know, right? You would think. Some teams don't treat it like a business. It's a poorly run business, right? <laughs> and then the other, you know, big addition to the offense has been Bradley Moore. You know, and obviously we knew Chris Kleiman when he came in, he was going to want to use a tight end in the passing game a lot more than Snyder did. But what does he add for this offense? stability i mean you got a guy who you put anything near him and he'll catch it you know that was skyler's go-to guy will slowly starting to figure it out and he's a tough runner like after the catch he's a hell of a good runner and he just runs hard and and i can't get a a beat on his frame 
Like, I'm like, sometimes he looks like he's like, could be slow. And sometimes he looks like he's like, and he's just fast. And it's like really fast. And it's like, he was walking away from some of those corners, University you know, the TCU game. And I was like, damn, plus that zero number. Just, I, I didn't know that was available. These, these kids are so great these days. I'm like, damn it. I, the hell I, I, I love, I love. I, I love big dudes who wear the little numbers. I love it's, it. Yeah, like Notre Dame O line or D lineman and like like SEC D lineman, right? It's yeah, usually yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm like, what? That's that's yeah. It, it does. It throws me off subconsciously, right? Because yeah, I expect <laughs> to be like a real skinny kid with a single digit. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And so I mean, I gotta ask you too. I, you know, everybody sees Riley making these plays and receiving, but. I'm never one to notice the blocking as much. Sorry, but uh, so you know how is Bradley? <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> how is Bradley as a as a blocker? Um, I haven't I haven't paid close attention to him, so I don't have an opinion on that. Okay. There's so much to okay. work on. You know, they have so many packages, and um, I, he's not been not bad. And I don't yeah. think I've ever exclaimed like, "What are you doing blocking?" <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yes. yelled at him yet, so that that's a good thing. I mean, in, in my at my house is what I'm saying. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, hopefully this will be something that Chris Klein, you know, keeps focuses on and can bring in some more good tight ends in the future too because it's, it's cool to have that be back part of the offense again. It is. Well, and it's in the central part too because he's made some crucial conversions and touchdowns and, and runs. So, yeah, I think the – the, the Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, um, you know, George Kittle, they've sort of revolutionized the tight end where it's like now it's like, you know, it's a swing back to guys who can actually block. Like, right, guys who are not, you're like, oh, God, he's coming in. Okay, now i got to help him. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see the evolution of the well, tight end. And, and I'm even going to throw – I'm going to give you a little throwback here on that tight end revolution. What about going back in the day a little bit, Chase Kaufman at Missouri? Oh, oh yeah, love that guy. Oh yeah. man, he was awesome. Yeah, and his dad was a baller tight end back in the day too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the, the way yeah. he would hurdle people was just yeah. Fun to watch. Yeah, he was he, he was like one of the early hurdlers. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work so well when he got to the pros and tried to do that. Well, <laughs> well, a lot of things get harder in the pros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how those guys do it, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it's like, okay, well, these these bastards are going low, so I better hurdle. Yeah. But you're right, man. It's like it's it's a it's a it's a dice roll. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the receiving game, and I mean, so I guess part of it is just Bradley Moore and Deuce Vaughn are catching a lot of passes. But you know, at the same time, I feel like the receivers aren't quite producing like we'd hope they would. There's been a few more drops than you would like to see. I think kind of everybody. You know what? What does KSA need to do to, to maybe get these receivers more involved and see some of these guys living up to their potential? Well, I think I think Skyler was figuring out. I think Skyler was utilizing all the uh, all the tools at his disposal, and it's tough for Will having his first start ever, and you know not really being comfortable with the offense quite yet. And I mean that in a sense of I know he knows the basics, but does he know the minor nuances, or or does he know if uh, when the secondary rolls a coverage late? or, you know, drops a man or, or shifts it, lets you know what defense they're playing. You know, can he make those micro adjustments on the fly? And that's something that will take time. I know he'll get there, but he's definitely got the skill set. That's for damn sure. Uh, and he's gonna, yeah. just got to learn that, to make proper passes too, like get in the target area. Yeah, he's got the body type too. I mean, you can tell, he looks like an NFL prospect, that quarterback. You know, he does. 6'4", 230. So. Yeah, well, I, that's – 
it's funny you bring that up. I was a little bit surprised, you know, because I was listening to a broadcast the other day and they were like, oh, this Will Howard is a really big guy out there. And I hadn't ever really thought that watching him. So I pulled it up and I looked at He's as big as Patrick Mahomes. No, oh, nice. Yeah. At least on yeah, paper, I mean, right? Mahomes, Mahomes is, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mahomes <laughs> is listed at like 6'3", 230, which, you know, is basically, I mean, I think Will Howard's listed at 6'4", 230. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was just like, wow. I mean, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't have said looking at him that he's that big. But, I mean, that's part of why Mahomes has such a strong arm is he's a big damn dude. <laughs> he does, yes. yes. Yes, he does. And he's got, he's got good, he, he could tell he squats, right? He's, he's got power. Yeah, leg yeah. Power. That, that's, yep. that's what they say helps throw the ball. I don't know. I can never throw the ball 15, 20 yards, so I wouldn't know anything about <laughs> arm power throwing a ball. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, you, you make a good point, Nick. Like, you know, if you know anything about, you know, lifting and like power lifting, like squats, deadlifts, bench, you know, the, the big lifts. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes and you're like, you know, he's a big dude, but like, you know, he's got big legs. He's got, I mean, I hate to say this this way. He's got a big ass. He does. Um, you know, his, 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 <laughs> I couldn't think of it properly, but you're right. He does. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hate to be kind of crude about it, but like, you know, his, he has a big posterior chain. Like, you know, you can tell that he has put some time in and has some real strength in his legs and his backside. Well, and, and I think gone are the days of, of your quarterback who doesn't work out. Like I played with a lot of right. quarterbacks who did not work out. Right. Where they're kind of like they're kind of like like old school baseball players that didn't work out because they wanted to sort of preserve their throwing mechanics. But right. nowadays, I think that's gone because I think you have to be, you know, at least 30, 40 percent mobile because you're going to have to elude some sacks and you have to make some throws on the run. So I think, you know, quarterbacks are, are getting involved in the training game. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I agree. And so then let's flip over to the other side of the ball. I mean, Spencer Radler and Lincoln Riley kind of looked like they had the K-State defense figured out for three quarters, like they have against a lot of teams. But then after that, K-State secondary really kind of clamped down. And since then, it it seems like they've been a lot better. You've got A.J. Parker has been kind of showing why, you know, he's thought of as sort of an all-big 12 type of guy. But then you've had, I mean, Jerron McPherson and Boydo have been pretty solid in coverage too. You know, are, are you guys pretty happy with how the secondary's been playing? I've been really excited. I think it all stems from, too, the fact that that, that front four, yeah. you know, they're able to rush with four, and then you're able to drop seven. So that increases your odds. And then, I mean, just basically, too, you know, a lot of the times secondary, they're getting their head around. So, you know, they, they feel like they've got the route down, and they're able to look back and find the ball. And I think that, that that's a crucial element in pass breakups, too. And I think it, it's, yeah. it's a good sign. So, yeah, they're playing well. They really are. I really, I really like what they do on defense. I liked what they did last year where you knew that if you could get a negative play on first down, you know, an incomplete pass or, you know, a short gain, one to two yards, something like that, you really felt good because then if you could at least fight them to a draw on second down, you know, two, three, four yards, whatever it might be, get them into third and anything but third and short. And they were just nails on third down last year. And I love that rush package that they have available to them this year with Khalid Duke, uh, Boom Massey. I think they keep Wiley in there on that one, and I'm, I'm blanking on who the other guy that they bring in for that one is. But I really like that third down rush package they have. And you're right, Nick. Like, they really are get, doing a good job of getting pressure with four. Like, I, was, I came into the season thinking, like, okay, yeah, they're really talking up Khalid Duke, but, you know, I'm going to need to see this on the field before I buy into that because I've heard, I've heard that type of talk before. 
Uh, but he, he he really has made some plays. And, you know, I mean, you know, when, when you have Justin Hughes and Elijah Sullivan at linebacker, I mean, you know they're going to be able to cover some territory, right. which is a prerequisite in the Big 12. So that obviously that helps. It's like it's all additive. And then I, I love McPherson in the, in the secondary. I love that guy. You know, I, I love A.J. Parker, too. I mean, the dude – you know, the dude is a pit bull for his size. Like he, you know, pound for pound, that dude just battles, you know, with everybody. Like, you know, he was, go- he was completely overmatched physically in that first game, but he fought for every inch against uh, that receiver from Arkansas State. And yeah, you know, it, you, you knew it would probably take him, you know, a little bit of time, especially, you know, I mean, everybody, like you were saying, Luke, uh, the scoring's up everywhere. You know, it's, it's tough when you don't, and I'm speculating here because I played one year of football in my entire life, but you know, it, it's, it's tough when you don't get to practice hitting people, you know, like if you're not going at semi full speed and, you know, getting those reps, you know, it's just muscle memory, you know, it's not going to work as well. So, you know, if this is kind of a rounding into form thing, I really like where they're going because, you know, I mean, TCU is limited. Max Duggan is, yeah, he's all right. And, you know, this, this is not exactly the TCU offense of 2013-2014. But, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're a Big 12 team in Texas. Like, they're always going to have some dudes out there at receiver and running back and all that. Uh, you know, and we really made life miserable for them. Their body language in the third quarter was like the stuff you, you dream of seeing as an opposing team. Like, they were, just, they were yelling at each other. They were pouting. They, were, they just looked defeated out there. Yeah, and the announcers, right? I don't know how we got the uh, the the Fox uh, TCU feed, but those announcers were pretty upset too. The K State was putting it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you got some neutrality, fellas. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but I mean, as far as the defense, so obviously Justin Hughes and Elijah Sullivan are out there because they're really talented players, and you know we kind of know their story. They've been together, playing together since high school. I think mean, it's one of the cooler stories around uh, but so just having that connection though I mean how much of those intangibles actually make a difference out there on the field it's huge it's huge when you know what the guy next to you is going to do it's, it's like I, I talked about earlier about having familiarity with Thomas Barnett at left tackle and I was left guard yeah. it's yeah. when you know what the guy next to you is doing and you can kind of improvise just a little bit and just kind of say hey okay here you know I can make up for this I know you don't do this well or, or I'm gonna step up for this run because you know I, I kind of like to, to take on more it's huge and to have two guys out there communicating with each other and you can say oh man it's like we did in high school or like all right they called this but you know it's kind of like this you know because sometimes you know, you're translating from your, what you knew in high school or you're translating what you did JUCO or, or translate what you did your old school. And so it's just, you have to kind of, you know, verbalize and internalize the plays as they're called. So that continuity and just, you know, familiarity, it's an awesome thing. And it's, it's uncoachable. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's an X factor hmm. advantage. Sure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And so the defense, you know, getting ready for, for KU, not a lot scary about KU's offense, but Puka Williams, obviously a legit player. K-State's run defense has been a little shaky at times. You know, any 
concerns about Puka this weekend? Obviously, he's going to be the focus of the, the game plan, I'm sure. Well, it's always a, a big rivalry for, for both teams, right? No matter how good or bad you are, it's, it's always yeah. going to be a, a good game. And watch a little bit of that West Virginia game, and they're hanging in there, and then West Virginia just turned it on in the third quarter and just kind of pulled away with it. But, yeah, I mean, this, this D-line is playing really well together. They put it on film versus OU, put it on versus TCU, and anytime you can legally – and nicely take out a quarterback or make a quarterback, hit him with a Roberto Duran, no moss. That's, <laughs> that's quite an honor. It really is. I mean, that's that's why you play the game of football if, you, if you're in a defense lineman is that you can beat the offense lineman in front of you and, and put a, a legal hit on the quarterback time after time. They're going to think about that, right? If, if you take enough shots like that in the first, second quarter – you're going to think about that and that you're going to get them, them quick throws, right? Where you're going to, or they're going to throw it. Like they're going to see ghosts. You get free. They're going to roll the pocket, man. It does a lot to a quarterback's head when you do that. So this D line, man, a lot of credit to this D line, man. They look the part and they play the part too. And it's, it's really badass to watch, especially yeah. as being a former and, offensive lineman. And kind of surprisingly, I mean, that's kind of what happened to Aaron Rodgers today against the Bucks. Oh man, he, he got yeah. he got hit a few times, and it was like the well on, on that touchdown rack, he got popped pretty hard, and it was yeah. I know. He just he was just broke the rest of the game. He, yeah. he was yeah. rushing throws, he was missing throws. I was it was I couldn't believe I was watching Aaron Rodgers because I was just like this does not look like that dude. You're but, right. No, you're right. But yeah, but like I, I mean, as far as Ku, like you know, Puka Williams always concerns you, but like if there's one position on the field where I want you know, a team that otherwise is not a threat to have a player, it's running back because <laughs> and, 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 and Nick, I know, you, I know you're going to love Chuba. this. Easy Chuba. I, I, right? I, I, know you, I know you're going to love this because, I mean, most running backs are not going to get you much more than what the offensive line gives them. You know, there are a few that, you know, can make a play even where there isn't one, you know, created in front of them. And, and he can do that, you know, so we need to make sure that he doesn't break off an 80 yard run because, Big plays is really the only thing that I can see, you know, from them being a problem for us. Their quarterback, and I've forgotten his name now, uh, is, a, I think, a true freshman, right? And, I mean, he has all the rough edges that you would expect from a true freshman. You know, he makes tons of mistakes. He makes bad throws. But he's really athletic, uh, and he's made some really nice throws that I've seen. So, you know, you, you have to be a little bit careful with a player like that because, you know, in a game like this where you – have an opponent who is clearly overmatched in a rivalry game, you know that they're going to throw everything they can at you. And really the only thing, the only way that you get beat by KU is if they break two or three big plays for touchdowns or, you know, you know, they run it down inside the five yard line and then score. So, I mean, they have a little bit of that ability, you know, but overall, I think that this secondary is going to be a real problem for their quarterback. Like I'll be surprised if he doesn't throw at least one interception. You know, and the D line, like Nick, like Nick said, is playing really well. So you want to, you'd like to think, you know, they can box Williams in. They'll probably get some pressure and force the, you know, this young quarterback to make some bad throws and bad decisions. And the defense is probably going to take advantage of that. Yeah, it's uh, Jalen Daniels is the name of him, by the way. That, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I watched them. I watched I, because you know because nobody can ever turn away from a car wreck. I watched that opening game against <laughs> Coastal Carolina. Also, because big rivalry, game on big at rivalry. nine o'clock, 
the, 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 the new mountain for KU to climb, beating Coastal Carolina. Coastal um, Carolina's 4-0. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean. hey, okay. Stop, stop, Rick. Stop. <laughs> Damn it, Luke. You're uh, ruining Luke. How dare you? <laughs> fake news. Um, no, but, like, you know, I – I watched them because a they were the only game on that night, and you know b <laughs> they were down twenty one to nothing to coastal carolina in the, in the first in the first quarter um, yeah. so you know I mean, like they definitely showed some fight against West Virginia, and I think that their defense uh, you know you gently corrected me on Twitter today, Luke. The reason that I'm a little bit concerned uh, offense-wise is because, A, I think that their defense is not bad. They really limited West Virginia in the first half uh, yeah. on Saturday. And, well, that's because yeah, Les Miles but, wasn't there. Yeah, well, that too. Um, <laughs> he was but, there in spirit. <laughs> it was the best way for them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that they kind of ran out of steam in the second half because their offense couldn't yeah. do anything. But, you know, like it worries me a little bit because we do have a true freshman at quarterback who, as Nick has you know, described, is still getting settled in and, you know, still doesn't have the ability to, you know, to take advantage of everything that's going to be available to him. So I, I do worry a little bit about scoring points. Like I could see this being the type of game that's, you know, like 14 to three at halftime and, you know, we're we're sitting there like, oh, I don't like this because you know one big play for them and they're right back in it. But you you might also look at it and be like, yeah, it's fourteen three, but it might as well be thirty five to three. You know that that kind of thing. So I don't know. I mean, I hope that we just suffocate them from the beginning and win, you know, like forty nine to seven or something. But I could also <laughs> see us struggling to put some points on the board. Wow. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you also have to factor in too for for K State, even for for KU. Is is when you have a a freshman or a true freshman quarterback, you're still getting to know that person. So this is where you know, because most quarterbacks nowadays are are early enrolling in at January, and they're uh, they're you know going through spring ball, going through fall camp, and coaches figure out what the quarterbacks like to call and what their favorite plays are. And if you don't have that, you know, if you're a true freshman or if you're a new starter you don't have that many plays to call on because you don't really know what you like, you know, it's based off, you know, what you didn't practice. So that's why it's tough. Like people don't factor in that. It's like, you know, coaches have been used to coaching for Skylar and, you know, picking what Skylar likes. And now it's like, you got to kind of, you got to change, change it up a little bit, right? The suit fits a little differently now. So you got to tailor in certain parts here and there that maybe didn't have to with Skylar versus Will Howard too. Nick, I like that comment you made about, quarterbacks having their favorite calls because going back to when when you and I were in college Nick I swear to god every time that L audibled at the line me and my friends would be like option 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 <laughs> he liked to dial up his own number that's what I loved about L though. he wasn't afraid to run it he wasn't afraid to dial up his own number like which is which was fine when you're L. Roberson. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and by the way, the only I think our only ch- our only check was option two, option <laughs> two blank. So if you if you ran audible, it was going to be option. So that was our only, only one. Hey, I, I I figured something out in the football world. <laughs> you did. You cracked. You cracked. I can. I can um, uh, what's it called? The statute of limitations has run out, and and this kind Give you that Man, now, now you're yeah. dropping legal terms on me, Nick. I love it. I know. I know how to speak your language. 
language, man. I know legalese. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Peg, just for what it's worth, uh, apparently Jalen Daniels has been out with a foot injury. I don't know what his status is for this Saturday, but last week it was Miles Kendrick was their quarterback, his junior was okay. making his first career start. So, I mean, either way, still an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, right. yeah. It sounds like we're going to have a real green quarterback one way or the other. But then it's bad for us too because then we don't have data on him on, on yeah. either quarterback. So that's always like that's why you see you know week one or week two games are always so damn screwy just because you don't know what to look for, what tendencies are, and things like that. So you're kind of play calling against that in the dark, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I'm looking up the stats too, and it's never good when their their uh, leading tackler for KU is the cornerback with 34 tackles. Oh no, cornerback! <laughs> but beaming Kenny Logan Jr. Man, I like a cornerback that can hit. Man, that's you know, I like saltiness like that. You know, that's oh, yeah. like getting Absolutely. um, I don't know what that's like getting like a like wing sauce or something like that or some extra when you order. Like you know, you know, it's like getting that's like getting a tater tot in your French fries, right? When, <laughs> bonus. It's a bonus and it's a very pleasant bonus yeah when, when, you know, when you mention a cornerback being the leading tackler that always reminds me of that old video of is it Alex Gibbs the guy who perfected the outside zone yeah 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 because yeah. he coached the um the hogs in the 80s the the, the Reds, yeah Reds, yeah Washington football team yeah. yeah there's this there's this famous video of him breaking down how to block outside zone and he basically says yeah, okay, here comes the corner. Now, I don't know what you guys do, but we don't block the goddamn corner. He's not going to make it. That's about right, man. It's, yeah. When a quarterback, man, when a corner makes a tackle, I'm like, wow, that was impressive. Good for you. Like, like, he's, like, he, like he's the fat kid on the basketball team, right? Like, come on. Like, yeah. give, give him a little pat on the head. Like, exactly. Oh, that's nice. Exactly. That's cute. Yeah. Well, so the other thing that, that might be interested to keep an eye on for Kansas State is that the receiver room is going to look a little different. I should have brought this up earlier, but, um, you know, Josh Youngblood went into the, the transfer portal. He was a guy, of course, he came out in August and said he was going to get 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards, and 1,000 return yards. Seemed like a weird thing for a sophomore to say, uh, but then didn't really get a whole lot of playing time this season, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't work his way on the depth chart. You know, I, I think the obvious answer is it's just a matter of playing time here. I don't know. I mean, Ty, do you think there are any other factors here? There maybe has been some speculation that there were ego issues, you know, with Phil Jews, but I think it, it, it seems like a lot of guessing at this point. Yeah, I don't have any really good information one way or the other. I mean, I look at the receiver room and I see guys like Philip Brooks, and Joaquin Gill and any number of other, you know, sort of the smaller water bug type of receivers, the, you know, a slot receiver type of player, you know, and, and K-State likes to use them on the, you know, on the sweeps and the bubble screens and things like that. And I mean, it's just, it's kind of a crowded room, you know, and I don't know why he was unable to crack the depth chart, but it, you know, for whatever reason, he just really wasn't able to at receiver. And it sucks because he really was a difference maker in the return game. You know, he's what some coaches like to call an eraser. Um, right. You know, he, he, he can cover over some of your other deficiencies in other places because if you can score seven points, uh, you know, outside of your offense or flip the field position, you know, a couple of times a game, that's obviously a huge advantage and one that we're well familiar with taking advantage of at K-State. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I wish I, I wish I had more information. It really sucks to lose players like him, and you know, I'm I'm not saying it's a trend or something about 
you know, this coaching staff that concerns me, but we have lost a few of these guys that you, you know, in a vacuum, you would say, we really would like to have these guys on the roster. So, you know, I wish him well, it sucks. Um, but that's, you know, it, it's, it's football, you know, next man up and the game's going to go on. It is. And, and I think it's difficult too with Joshua. He's from Tampa, right? Yep. So there might be an issue with wintertime or, or, you know, being homesick just a little bit. And I think sometimes um, you never know, you know, what someone's, you know, they might have some struggles back home too that, you know, we're unaware of. He might not have been able to grasp the playbook enough for coaches to, to trust him, to go out there, run some routes. And, you know, just one of those things who maybe wasn't getting utilized in their offense. You know, I'm looking at, at K-State for the total. And, you know, Briley Moore has the most receptions at 14. And then uh, Chabaston Taylor has 10. And then Deuce Vaughn at running back has nine. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things where ball distribution, if you're a receiver, sometimes you can get frustrated thinking, you know, I'm not getting targeted. You know, they're not really giving me the ball and I'm having to do a lot of blocking. And, you know, some guys just, you know, they don't like that. And, you know, as a coach, you have to say, okay, we want to coach the people who are here who want to be here because there's lots of guys who want to be here and play. So, you know, you wish he could stay, you know, but, you know, he's, he's got to go somewhere else. He's got to go figure it out somewhere else. And you got to say, sorry, we'd love to have you, but, you know, you can go too. Yeah. Yep. And then so another receiver, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere and caught three passes last game was uh, DJ Render. There was some speculation kind of on, the, on our comments on the blog that, hey, maybe that's a guy who had developed some chemistry with uh, Will Howard when they were both backups. You know, Nick, do you think that's that's a thing that? It is, is yeah. Well, oh, that's what I'm telling you. When you have that familiarity in practice, if you're both running scout team and you have that familiarity with each other, Every quarterback has their own tendencies. Like, you know, my tie sort of breakdown is in <laughs> with the Cowboys when Romo was playing was, oh, they're in the red zone. They're going to try and throw a TD pass to um, Jason Witten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, you know, it's, it's, you have that familiarity and you have your little blanket, right? And every quarterback needs their blanket, right? Their little pacifier. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what Briley Moore was for Skyler because didn't they both go to Fort Osage? Wasn't that the, the deal that they went to the same high school or they were from, or they're both from independence or something. I don't remember what the specifics were, but you know, they always got together and threw in the summers and everything like that. So, you know, they were familiar with each other and that was like a new safety blanket for Skyler when he transferred here. No, it was, it totally was. You're right. Yeah. No. Yeah. All those, uh, those blue Springs independence guys. Yeah. They're, they're thick. They're, they're, they're tight. Yeah. some serious uh, football out there on on that side of town by the way man uh, that, that's where i live nick i actually live in the blue spring school district so yeah i'm right i'm right in the middle of all that so nick i guess you know before that you go i want to talk a little bit about chris Kleiman. i think it's fair to say he, he's exceeded all our expectations so far last year you know he took over and i don't know if anybody expected him to, to do as well as he did and this year was supposed to be more of a rebuilding year and, and here he is you know, having us maybe dreaming of a Big 12 title appearance, it's early, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I guess, you know, aside from uh, the obvious, the on-field perform- performance from time scenes, what has impressed you the most about his coaching and his staff? Well, I'd like to say that I that's I expected last year's performance. I was on the record. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's I was, true. I was you the were, only you person. Were. I remember that podcast. Remember that? I, you guys were incredible. I remember you guys that. Were like, like, you guys know. I was like, yeah, you guys were like, okay, dude, whatever. Uh, no, well, I mean, I also, I also got to see, you know, I, I get, to, I, I get to go to practices, you know, back in the day, you yeah. know, just pop in and just watch him. And I didn't really talk to him, but just 
seeing how he operates in practice, seeing his demeanor and how he treats the players like men and what he expects and his toughness translates, you know, he doesn't have any sort of fake machismo false guy toughness and he says stupid things that are fake tough because as a player you can see through that bullshit like you really can it's <laughs> it's it's stuff where like you know they try to fake it and it's like you know i don't really buy into what you're saying but he has a consistent message he's tough on everybody and he brings a confidence a quiet confidence that just you know the players buy into hell i bought into it right where I mean, he yeah. says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And, you know, you can go in. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, he's faced Oklahoma twice and beaten Oklahoma twice. I mean, that's 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 a big thing right there. You know, that, that that's how you build a solid foundation for, for a great program. And it's just everything that combined and the recruiting aspect and right. the coaches he's brought in, the players he's brought in, it's been it's been awesome. It's been really yeah. cool to see. Yeah. And he's definitely, you know, Snyder 2.0, man. He's doing, but he's, he's climbing 1.0, right? He's doing his own thing, yeah. but it's congruent with what K-State is. You talked about the recruiting. I mean, we kind of already see him raising the bar. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before where national media likes to put out this image that Manhattan's in the middle of nowhere. Nobody wants to go play there. I think that's overblown. You know, at the end of the day, you have good facilities. There's an airport in town. That's not going to be that big of a deal. But, you know, what's the ceiling for Clemens recruiting at Kansas State? It, I think it just, you know, you, you come to K-State and you're going to be able to focus on football and school and, you know, not have a lot of distractions. Uh, you know, you'll be the only team in town, so to speak, right? I know Chiefs fans mm-hmm. or whatever, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is it, you know, and it's like, it, it's fun. You know, it's, I think to me, it's, it's a great place to escape from everything and kind of go where, where you're going to have minimal distractions. And, and I say that in, in a great way where it's like, you know, you got Aggieville, you got school and you got the football facility, right? Those are your, and Coco Bolo's or Cox Brothers Barbecue. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, so then the other thing, I mean, he stays on this current trajectory that he's on. He's going to start maybe getting some offer from bigger schools or maybe get offers of more money. Um, you know, he's talked about certainly how he, he wants to stay in Manhattan for a while. And he, he seems genuine at, at the same time. I, you know, as a Missouri fan, I think I like Mike Anderson, okay, but, you know, a lot of coaches say that and then end up leaving. And, you know, I don't even always blame them, but, you know, do you feel like Chris Kleiman is really in this for the long haul in Manhattan? You know, I never, I mean, honestly, you have to be be frank, and I've, I've never thought about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, just because him and Gene, you know, they're, they're, they're so good with each other. They have that experience in, in North Dakota. So, you know, I feel like he's he's got, he's going to give him, he's going to give him to his contract, but... Honestly, I, it's be tough to fault a guy for for saying yes to you know seven or eight million a year. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough sell. But then I think you have to weigh that too with the pressure. Like, I mean, there's pressure at K State to win, right? You can't go over. But the pressure isn't you lost a game, you're not competing in the national championship, you're fired, right? That's not the pressure. So the pressure is you know you have to kind of rebuild the program. Like it wasn't in a bad spot when Snyder left. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have to kind of build it up to where, where you want it to be. And then if you feel like the right fit is somewhere else, then, you know, that is what it is. And, and I've grown accustomed to this now that coaches leave, players leave. Like it's kind of like the pros where it's like, don't get too attached and just enjoy it year to year. But 
I do think he's going to be stick around for about five, 10 years. And if he's smart, man, he could sit here and make a name for himself in Manhattan. He really mm-hmm. can. Yeah. So Nick, when you talk about the pressure, you're saying that it's not Auburn pressure. Is that? Oh man. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. So, so like, I, I mean, you didn't ask me Luke, but like the way that I look at it is if he's going to get the type of offer where he might leave, you know, because I think the gene thing is probably a pretty big thing because if you like who you're working for, that's hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think if he's going to get the kind of offer from a school where he would want to leave, it's going to be because he's won a big 12 title or something. He's going to, he's going to have done something for K state fans that we're going to remember, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a banner hanging up for it or something like that. Because, you know, the days of, you know, taking an incremental step up from K state, you know, are kind of gone because K state has, has moved into that sort of, you know, second tier of programs behind the, you know, behind the programs that are consistently competing for, you know, playoff spots and things like that. And that's not to say that we couldn't, uh, you know, we just don't do it every year. You know, we, you know, things would have to come together kind of just right for us. So, yeah, I mean, Nick, I, I, I agree. Like, it's not something I really worry about. It's not something I've really thought about much just because I think that if it happens, you know, we're, we're going to have gotten a pretty good end of the bargain on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess before we let you go, Nick, you know, like you said earlier last year, we were wrong. You were right. So can you tell us what's going to happen this season? <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean I it like wrong, that, Luke. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just want to make dick, sure that yeah. everybody hears me say I was wrong. <laughs> I need you. I feel like I need to paddle you guys or something like that. On the principal, right? Like, I didn't mean it like that. It can sound like a dick. No, I, mean, I, was, I just, I just wanted to say, it was, I, it was I totally it. fair. Yeah. 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 Everything we're seeing now from Kleiman, I saw it earlier. So I had like an insider trading sort of perspective. So it was an unfair, it was an unfair <laughs> advantage from what I could see. But yeah, but I mean, it's living up. And I think, honestly, I, I think the expectations now and with Kleiman are, are, you know, winning those big 12 championships and then, you know, getting that playoff spot. You know, I think once he gets, you know, once he's able to to start building the team he wants and getting out there, getting active with recruiting and, and winning and maintaining successful wins and, you know, getting players drafted, it, it's going to be a ball. It's going to be a, a real game changer. And we're going to start seeing this program rise to to a new level. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, this season could be a lot of fun. You, you know, obviously, Kleiman won't let the team look ahead, but as fans, we certainly can. KU and West Virginia look very beatable. Suddenly, you're setting up a, an undefeated showdown with Oklahoma State, assuming they get past Iowa State. And that that could be a you know a pretty big game coming up. It could um, be. It really could be. I would like redemption there for sure. Yeah. Them and Baylor <laughs> from last year. Right. If Baylor can get their stuff together and you know i think i think they should just call their season off yeah, yeah. i voted i voted for the horse trade with uh, smu just because i'm from dallas uh, so. I'm, I'm on board yeah. <laughs> uh, all right well sounds good i, I think that about wraps it up. I don't know, Nick. You could, I guess, uh, are you doing anything with the, you know, your chief stuff this year? Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, BJ's always like getting on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be a promoter, yes. Nick. I know. I'm sorry. I'm 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 new to this stuff, so I've never been a big stuff promoter. So, but no, man. So BJ Kissel is with. Uh, he's no longer with the Chiefs anymore. He's with Let It Fly Media. 
they're doing some really cool things there. That's for damn sure. Just for cinematography and, and putting together clips and things like that. So we have a new podcast sponsored by Jack Stack Barbecue, uh, and it's called Outside the Trenches. So we uh, we try to tape after games and uh, put it out on the um, Let It Fly Media account and the Outside the Trenches account. And uh, I think it's a, just a really cool collaboration that, that Jack Stack. And uh, we do this really cool thing called Pay It Forward where anybody can nominate somebody and uh, Jack Stack will, will, will offer up two tailgate packages. So you can't nominate yourself, but you can nominate someone else. Like, and we've done, um, you know, some, some teachers and some hospital workers and things like that. So if you guys are interested, you can hit me up in the, as they say, slide into the DMS. And, and <laughs> so what is it the tailgate? Pack? There's no tailgating this year. So what is that? So what it is, so BJ will, will deliver it to your house and it's essentially okay. you get a, a pound of burn ends, like eight of the ribs, uh, the beef ribs, the hickory pit beans and the cheesy corn bake. So nice. it's about enough for about four people. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Pretty good deal. All right. So yeah, guys, check that out. And uh, you can follow at Mr. Lecky on Twitter. Always fun. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> It's a fortress of solitude, and, and don't don't come on if you're dieting, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it sounds good. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Ty, thanks a lot. Thanks, y'all. Enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah.